All right, open your Bibles. What happened? What are you saying to me? Open your Bibles to the book of Acts. Oh, what much, much better than Saturday night. We were profoundly disappointed in them. <laughs> the series that we are in is called... You know that the spirit-filled church, by, by definition, must be made up of spirit-filled people. We are asking in this series, we are asking, we want to, we want to learn what it meant so that we can... Pretty good. Let's try it again. We want to... So we can... And, and, and so we want, we, want to, we want to lean into the scripture. We want to be transformed by it. We want to learn what this is. We want to live what it means. But we realize, again, that the principles that we see that are true of the Spirit-filled church, by definition, not only can they be true of our own homes and hearts, they must be. Because we be the church. What, what, what is true of the church must be and has to be true of those who are a part of it. Amen. All right, so let's look at our scripture today. And uh, I know that many of you that have known me for a minute have very, been very proud of the large swaths of Scripture that we have covered from week to week. <laughs> and, not, and not to disappoint, here's our, our, our passage. Brace yourself. Our passage this week is one verse. <laughs> Reading from the New Living Here it is. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Luke is staying. He stays on his theme, reminding us of the Acts 1-8 progression. Throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. I'm feeling, I'm feeling this room is going to be a good place to talk about, to talk in this morning. Y'all came alive. The wind didn't keep you quiet. You're already ready. This, what, so what do we learn about the, the Spirit-filled church in this one passage? Well, I think it's worth camping on. The Spirit-filled church is a place of peace yes. and strength yeah. and growth. Yes. Come on. Peace, strength, and growth. Now, Luke gives us the characteristics and the conduct of the church. He gives us the climate and the causes. And I've given you alliteration and alliteration. Because it makes me exceedingly happy. It's not necessarily cause and effect here necessarily, but there is. He does describe the climate of the church and the causes of that climate. So let's just break it down. Let's look, let's look first at how he describes the, the ideal, the preferred and possible climate of the church. You ready? ready? And if it's true, if this is the preferred and possible climate of the church, it's the preferred and possible climate of your heart and your home. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Woo! Okay, first. First. 
We could have called this service. We could have, if we were really into clever titles, we could have called it climate change. (laughs) Looks like I missed a good opportunity there. (laughs) At this church, I'm not listening to that guy, climate change. (laughs) Not here, a lot of red meat here. Um, I got to be careful because y'all are, uh, <laughs> peace. They had peace. Peace there is though is the, is the word erene. It means to be at one, joined together. It means to be characterized neither by friction nor tumult, but to be jointly fit, fitting well together. The church, the spirit-filled church enjoyed, we might call it a pleasant calm, but it wasn't like they were all strung out on CBD oil. They, they, it, it, they weren't just saying, whoa. <laughs> I'm betraying all of my ignorance out loud. Um, The church had peace, meaning it was not a place of anxiety and friction and tension and conflict. Peace is an atmosphere without harshness and without fear. How important is that? How much of a radical alternative is that to the world around you? The world around us, and the world around us, people compete, they compare, they criticize, they condescend, they stir up worry and fear and anger and offense. But imagine if our hearts and our thoughts and our homes were characterized by peace. How wonderful if the weary of this world could find a place and a people that had peace. The Spirit-filled church is a place of peace, and it's made up of a people who have peace. There should be peace in our church. There should be peace in our homes. There should be peace in our hearts. And according to Scripture, this is preferred. Luke is recording something ideal, not something unusual. This is God's preference. God's preference for you is peace. This is God's preference. And the gets gooder, it's possible. It's preferred and it's possible. It's It's not just preferred, but too bad. It's possible. It's preferred, possible, and here's the kicker. It's provided. It doesn't say they achieved it, earned it, worked for it. It's in the passive. The grammar is passive. And they were, they had it, they, they received it, they experienced peace. Wow. How is it possible that we can receive, can we experience peace? How's that possible? Well, don't answer yet because there's more. 
The Spirit-filled church is also a place of strength. New Living says they became stronger. Somebody say stronger. Stronger. It means they were edified, they were built up, and they were strengthened, but not just to a point. Not just to a point. They became increasingly stronger. There is no limit to how strong the church can be. We, the Bible says we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And according to this, we can go from strength to strength. We can be stronger this year than last year. And we can be stronger next year than this year. We don't have to go and ebb and flow. We don't have to be. There's the church, the spirit-filled church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just a stronger, it's not just a strong church. It's a church that becomes stronger. What is a strong church? A strong church is a bold church. It's a church that has assurance. It is a church that is confident. A strong church is resilient and faithful. A strong church is robust. A strong church is not fragile, not moody. We are not eggshell people. We don't wear them, and we don't walk on them. This should be true of our church, of our homes, and our hearts. Strong. Strong. You know, I can just tell you some of the internal dialogue that we have as a staff. You know, one of the things we talk about, even our songs, we say it all the time, we sing strong songs. We don't sing, we don't sing marijuana wham wham songs. We don't sing mopey, we, mopey me, sad me, bad me, bad day song. Womp, 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 womp song. Oh, we sing strong songs. Because we learn this, we know this, that we become what we sing. So we sing strong songs. So we have a strong Jesus. We've received a strong Holy Ghost. He's come to make a strong church. Not just strong, but to make us increasingly stronger. You know what a strong church is made up of? Strong people. And here's the good news. This is preferred. This is preferred. This is God's idea. It's preferred. It's possible, and it's provided. It happens to us. It doesn't even say they got stronger because they did all of the jumping jacks and the burpees. Thank God. <laughs> not that there's not a place for discipline and exercise and all that, but it's, this is something that, again, happened to them. They were made strong. Wow. Wow. How is that possible? Well, well don't answer yet. Because there is more. The Spirit-filled church is also a place of growth. Luke says they grew in number. They had peace. They grew stronger. And they grew in number. They increased. They multiplied. Even to say that they abounded. 
abounded. The Spirit-filled church is abundant. This, there's no way of, there's no other way around it. We just, we got to cut straight to the chase here. This must be true of the church. We must multiply. We must increase. We must, and we will abound. We want to plant 20 churches in the next 40 years. Aren't you tired of people saying, well, the Northwest, the most uncharged region in the nation. What's that? So then we need to be the Spirit-filled church. Spirit-filled church multiplies. It's strong. We're not eggshell folk. We're not hide folk. We're not weak folk. We're strong folk. And we multiply. It's time to take this place over. Can't be the Bible belt because we're not in the middle, but we can be the, like the Bible lapel. <laughs> you know what a growing church, uh, church is made of? A growing church is made of more people. <laughs> and this is preferred. This is possible. You need to get your believer out and crank it up a bit. Do you know it is possible for the church to keep multiplying? Well, we're in this season of decline. No, you're not. That's the devil's idea. It's preferred. It's possible. And even this is provided. They were multiplied. How is all of that possible? You have to wonder, what was their secret? Because if you could bottle it and peddle it, you could have yourself a conference. (laughs) And a podcast. You could monetize it. What was the secret? What was the formula? What was the strategy? What did it cost? What was the seminar that they went to? Who was the guru they brought in to consult? Perhaps most importantly, what was their branding? (laughs) Perhaps almost in a counterintuitive mysterious way Luke tells us he's described this climate that is preferred and possible and provided what's the cause of that kind of climate how does that happen in our hearts our homes our church here it is they lived in the fear of the Lord yeah but what yeah but what was it they lived in the fear of of the Lord. They had peace. They were built up. And they were multiplied. Because they lived in the fear of the Lord. There may not be many more phrases in scripture. That are least Less understood, less appreciated than the fear of the Lord. 
Sister Winfrey was on the TV a few years ago. She, he is talking about Oprah. Yes, yes, Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy says, is he talking about Oprah? Yeah. She, she was on the TV and she's talking to somebody and she says, I don't like that phrase, God-fearing. Who I don't, I don't want to serve a God who wants us to be afraid. And God bless her, she's just wrong. God-fearing. What does that mean to fear the Lord? Well, it doesn't mean to be terrified and run away from God. That's not how the Bible describes it at all. What does it mean to fear the Lord? And how could living in the fear of the Lord bring peace to our hearts, our homes, and our church? How could it make us strong? How, 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 how could it lead? How could it cause conditions in our life that create, that just cause growth? Growth comes from health. Healthy things grow. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13 says, All who fear the Lord will hate evil. The fear of the Lord begins with a hatred of evil. Hey, I thought we weren't supposed to hate stuff. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. Hate is a byproduct of love. What do you mean, Dav? If I love my family and there is something that comes into or would seek to destroy or harm them in any way, I do not have any affection for that thing. You all right? So when my firstborn beloved son, you okay? My firstborn beloved son who captured my soul at his birth. When they said he has this diagnosis, I met that diagnosis with hate because I love him. I hate evil. I hate evil because I love God. I love his holiness. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, he says, I hate pride. I hate pride and arrogance and corruption and perverse speech. Fear of the Lord is a love for what is holy, for what Paul says is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and praiseworthy. Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge. And Psalm 111 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. So the fear of the Lord is the foundation of all wisdom and knowledge. How many of you think that wisdom and knowledge could lead to more peace? Fear of the Lord keeps foolishness away. Have you ever wished that you have kept, you could have kept a little bit more foolishness away? 
let's say the Bible just says this, that the fear of the Lord is the best means for us to avoid idiocy. <laughs> Wisdom and knowledge. Purity. Listen to Exodus 20, 20. Don't be, listen, here's the passage. I'll explain it. Moses says to the people, don't be afraid. Moses answered them, for God has come to you in this way to test you. First of all, this way is, they're at Sinai, Exodus 19. They're at Sinai, and there is pneumatological phenomenon. We talked about this at Pentecost. There's lightning and smoke and thunder and earthquaking and things. Mountains are shaking. Words are happening. Trumpets are coming out of everywhere. And people of Israel go, okay. They kind of push Moses forward. You talk to him. <laughs> and Moses turns around and says, listen, don't be afraid. Yeah. Listen, you hear that? Don't be afraid. Say it out loud. Don't be For the Lord has come to you in this way. He has revealed his power, his wonder, his glory to test you, not to give you an exam, but to, to form you, to shape you, so that your fear of him. You hear that? Don't be afraid, but the Lord wants you to learn to fear him. Those are two different concepts. So that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. The fear of the Lord is a profound respect for the presence of the Lord. The spirit-filled church lives with this, profound, with this immediate awareness of God's presence and a profound respect. God says that this profound respect literally keeps us from sinning. Wow. Psalm 25, verse 14 says, The Lord is a friend. A friend. Say it out loud. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. One version says he shares his secrets with them. The fear of the Lord is a key to friendship with God. Contrary to the flawed idea that the fear of the Lord means that you run as far away from God as you can, it actually is a way that we can draw as near as we can. The fear of the Lord is how people and how churches have peace. How they grow strong. And they multiply. But there's another, there's another cause, another catalyst. Luke also says that they lived with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Now, some versions say in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and that's not wrong. It's just that we got to want to. I want you to be careful and not read that verse like. And they lived in the fear of the Lord, but with the comfort of the Holy Spirit, like they're afraid of God, but the Holy Spirit telling them, "Don't worry, it's going to be okay." That would be a poor reading of the text. These things are these things are complementary uh, uh, catalysts in their life. They lived in the fear of the Lord and in the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. The spirit-filled church is constantly being encouraged by the Holy Spirit. He is. He is. Jesus called him the Helper. Somebody say the Helper. He is, he, is, he is God showing up in our lives with his sleeves rolled up, with his tool belt on, 
is God the encourager. You are never meant to live the Christian life alone. We exist by the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. How are we encouraged? How do we walk? How do we experience the encouragement of the Holy Spirit? Well, let's just consider some of the, what we know from Scripture. We are encouraged by His empowering presence. We are encouraged by His empowering presence. Ephesians chapter 3.16 says this. Paul says, I pray... Now listen to Paul. Please don't underestimate his uh, adjectives here. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit we are encouraged by his guidance galatians 5:25 paul says since we are living by the spirit let us follow the spirit's leading In every part of our lives. Do you know that the Holy Spirit wants to lead, wants to influence every part of your life? He has has an encouraging, leading, directing word, influence for every part of our lives. And we are encouraged by His gifts. We cannot underestimate this. Somebody say His gifts. This is a longer passage, but listen to this encouragement. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other. So that we can help each other. We are encouraged by the Holy Spirit as we receive and exercise His gifts. I'll keep going. To one person, the, uh, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the Spirit gives a, special, uh, a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith. To another, someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, to another person, is given the ability to speak in unknown tongues. In glossolalia, messages in tongues. He's talking about the church gathered for corporate worship ministering to each other while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said it is the one and only holy spirit who distributes all these gifts earnestly desire these gifts listen to paul he hasn't even been they say to the church at rome but he's longing to be with him and is in his introduction he is fired up to go be with people he's never even met. And here's what he says, For I long to visit you so that I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Spiritual gifts are not a doctrine. They are not a denomination. They are not a style of worship. They are the encouragement of the Holy Spirit for the church. We are encouraged as he prays through us and for us. We are encouraged by his praying. Galatians 5, 26. Now, this one I'm going to have to read from the King James. You got that one ready? 
we click at that? His, oh, I skipped his fruit. We're encouraged by his fruit, sorry. Okay, by the, the fruit, the, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love and joy and peace and patience. And kind. How many find that this would be very encouraging? Oh, yeah. Understand? Now, listen, let me just tell you this real quick. Please don't, oh, my heavens, please don't take this. So many, I know, we've all seen, many of you have seen this. This is the verse that everybody turns into a refrigerator magnet and puts it on your fridge, and it's, and, or they make a Bible study out of this, and we, and we take seven weeks to figure out how to try harder to be more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient. That is a, that butchers the text. He does not say, try harder to be more loving. Try harder to have more joy. Try harder. He says, walk in the Spirit, and the Spirit will produce these things in your life. That is the encouragement of the Holy Spirit is allowing Him to produce the very character of heaven in your heart. That's good stuff. And now, number five, (laughs) we are encouraged by His praying. I got this. We have this letter. Where'd Ed go? Ed! 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 Edward! (laughs) Have this letter from Pennsylvania. Dear Heritage Church family, Ed Vickers told me you're praying for my healing. As a church family, over 3,000 miles away, I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in your intercessory prayers. Romans 8.26 The Spirit also helpeth in our infirmity, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. This verse reminds me of you all. May God give you give your church his favor. Thank you. Rod Gladfather. 3,000 miles away through as he prays with us, through us, and for us. The encouragement of the church. You notice that Luke began this by describing this saying, it wasn't the church just in one location. But it was in Judea, and Galilee, and Samaria. The church across geographic spans was experiencing peace and strength and growth because they walked in the fear of the Lord and in the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit-filled church is a place of peace. The Spirit-filled church is a place of strength. The Spirit-filled church is a place of growth. And as we walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, this will be true of our hearts and our homes, and our church. Amen. 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 I've asked the worship team to lead us again in the the closing of this uh, service by just singing again, You Are Awesome in This Place. A song that helps us capture a profound respect for God's presence and a deep gratitude for His encouraging presence. 
Do you need peace? Do you need peace in your body? Do you need peace in your heart? Do you need peace in your home? It's God's preference. And it's possible. And it's provided. There's nothing that you can achieve or earn or work up. You want to grow stronger? Do we want to multiply? Let us lean into, together today, the fear of the Lord. Would you, the fear of the Lord. Would you let God turn your heart toward him and away from every unclean thing? Would you let God turn your hearts toward him and away from every unclean thing, every unclean attitude, every harsh and perverse attitude, all corruption in our hearts and our mouths? None of those things have any place. You might say, well, if I don't, what am I going to do with my mouth? Give thanks. Lord, lead us in the fear of the Lord. And Lord, today we receive the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place. together. that it is preferred and possible and provided for this church, for our homes and our hearts to have peace, to grow strong, and to multiply. For this we give you thanks and we give you praise in the mighty, matchless, miraculous name of Jesus. If you believe that, somebody said amen. 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 The Lord bless you. Thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for braving the storm and the wind. Be kind to someone on your way out and find your kids. They're looking for you. Hope to see you tonight.